Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review as well. That would be much appreciated. And joining me today is friend of the show, Mr. Tony Ferrari from Dauber Prospects. Tony, how's it going, man? How ho- how happy are you that we are just a mere weeks away from actual hockey? Man, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I've been torn on the tournament because of all the stuff and the lead up to it and the COVID and everything like that. And even like a few days ago when, when the flights were kind of delayed and stuff, it kind of gave me a little bit of a sour note, but kind of seeing all the the kids posting photos and stuff of of them in in Edmonton in the bubble in their hotels and even as depressing as some of those hotel rooms look it, it kind of gives you that feeling like you know they're excited you're getting excited and and you just hope for the same thing that happened with the NHL and NBA although there was a few problems leading up to the bubbles once they were in the bubble everything was fine and that's what we're hoping for here with with the World Juniors cuz they're going to be following the NHL's model in Edmonton and I mean hopefully we get some hockey and no one uh, gets sick Hopefully not. That is not what we want. But uh, before I do forget, I should let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get 20% off your next order. That's the code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, so everybody all bubbled up, ready to go now. And there's a a mandatory period that they have to wait. I think it's, what, another five or six days before they can uh, come out and start practicing and getting ready for the tournament. But you mentioned it, and I hadn't had a chance to talk about it on the show, and I was kind of waiting uh, to, to have the conversation with you, to be honest. But there was an issue with the plane that was uh, taking the Europeans and Scandinavians uh, over into Canada. Could you elaborate and kind of share what uh, problems occurred over the weekend trying to get these guys into the country here? Yeah, it was a really interesting situation because, I, I mean, for me, how it kind of went down is, uh, a lot of the European outlets were kind of reporting it. And because I follow a lot of junior hockey, I follow a lot of these like small European outlets that follow the junior hockey teams. And like none of the North American outlets were, were really reporting it early on. And and then my former co-host now working for the Carolina Hurricanes as a scout, Yoki Nevalainen, messaged me and he's like, hey, uh, there's some stuff going on and sent me the link to everything. And transla- And I translated it with Google Translate. And yeah, like basically what happened was the IIHF and Hockey Canada sent two planes to uh, Helsinki and... Uh, I forget where the other one was, but it was basically picking up the Czechs, the Slovaks, and the Swiss, and then the other plane was picking up uh, the Finns, Swedes, and, and the Russians. And both planes were expected to pick up the three teams, all their luggage, and everything else that had to go with them, including both team staffs and everything like that. So basically what happened was it got to the point where as everything's kind of getting loaded on, they realized, hey, like the plan is basically to load half of our luggage in the plane with us. And like it kind of eliminated any chance for social distancing. It eliminated any chance to stay somewhat safe in this crazy embarkment that they were doing as it was like jamming three teams in a plane wasn't going to happen easily. Jamming three teams and their luggage in a plane was just going to be a disaster. So they ended up chartering some of the, the luggage and, and cargo plane out, out, out that way. And they did that for both locations. So thankfully everyone got here, but it was such a weird, weird situation and, and kind of, Threw everyone for a loop that early morning. Imagine how much that would have smelled too. Like everyone's luggage and everybody's equipment all having to be out in the, out in the public. Like I know that after I played a game of hockey, my skates, my mitts didn't smell pretty. 
Yeah, like I couldn't even imagine like all the just all the goalie gear, the shoulder yeah, pads and stuff like uh, and I know like these guys are are as close to pros as they get and they're not beer leaguers like you and I and and they probably clean their equipment a little bit better and the the training staffs help them with that and stuff but I mean it's still gear that's been used for like years and it's oh it's going to got to smell awful like yeah. it was just a weird bad situation. Um so Everybody now currently in the bubble from all countries, but there is one Maple Leafs prospect who everyone kind of figured would just be in the tournament is no longer going to be in the tournament, and that's Nick Robertson. I laid out my personal thoughts on it on a podcast uh, on Friday's show where I kind of said this is why I believe he should be on the team later to find out the next day that he was left off of the American roster because the Maple Leafs want him to be in Toronto for training camp what are your thoughts on this situation? Did the Leafs make the right decision? It's a little bit of a weird move, to be completely honest. I I look at it and I go, you know what? It, it makes sense for him to be on this team, like the United States team, because we look at the, the Leafs roster and we project it out and we've all done it and we've all done it a million times. So we've all had various different lineups uh, depending on the day and how we're feeling about the bottom six. In, in a lot of times, Nick Robertson often gets left off just because of some of the veterans they brought in. And you look at guys that are kind of guaranteed spots. Like, he's not bumping Joe Thornton out of the lineup. He's not bumping Wayne Simmons out of the lineup. And, and those were kind of spots that were expected to be filled by Nick Robertson. So it's going to be tough for him to be a regular in the lineup at a camp. But this kind of indicates that the Leafs want to try to make sure he is a regular in the lineup and out of camp. But in my opinion, if he went to this tournament – tore it up likely because he was an older player at the tournament at the time and he would have just been one of the United States best players on a loaded United States team so it would have been fun to watch him do that and kind of gain a bunch of confidence right before the season and and then you know what the Leafs are going to have a taxi squad this year and, and maybe that's where he ends up anyways to start the year so I mean if he started on the taxi squad for a little bit it wouldn't really hurt him after the world juniors because it, it let him rest a little bit from game action and then hit the ground running once they let him into the lineup so Maybe I would have done it a little bit differently, but to me, this indicates that they really have high hopes for him making the lineup on a regular basis. Yeah, I think that's definitely what this tells you is that they're hoping that he can force himself into this lineup. The question is where, right? Like we talked about the guys who he's not going to be able to unseat from their lineup. And realistically, I'm, I'm looking at a third line wing spot is something that he's going after because, you know, you don't keep him from a best on best international tournament to just play him for eight, nine minutes a game on the fourth line. So do you really see him as a third liner? And I just don't know if I do right right now. Now, later on, perhaps, but if you're not ready to give him third line minutes uh, or top six minutes even right now off the start, I don't see why you would keep him. And that makes me believe that they do see a big role for him on this team. And Tony, let me ask you, do you think maybe that instead of battling for a bottom six role, the Leafs actually look at him and say, look, he could compete with Ilya Mikheyev for that spot on the second line wing? Yeah, I think they do because I think Nick Robertson isn't the typical smaller player. He's not a guy that we see kind of dipping and diving, kind of deking through guys. He, he's got the skill. There's no doubt about that. But he's more of a guy that plays with a ton of energy. I, I mean, I'm not going to directly compare him to Zach Hyman because that'd be completely unfair <laughs> in terms of expectations for oh, being a banger along the boards and stuff. But only he's got that kind of like energy around the lineup. He, he's a guy that can really like just get in there and be feisty. He'll, he'll go into the corners, even though he's not the biggest guy. And he's, he's a guy that I think can, can play that, 
Zach Hyman role, the Ilya Mikheyev role, the guy that is on the line that maybe isn't the focal point offensively, but he's the guy that's digging on the boards. And in, I mean, because of his skill and everything, he's he has the talent to make plays. So, I mean, if you can get a guy that's willing to kind of get in the corners on a, on a line with Tavares and, and Marner, who, I mean, Tavares isn't afraid of getting in the corners either. So that'd be a fun line to watch. Oh, and it would 100% be a really fun line. I'm just not sure if they're going to do it, but I think that he certainly is going to get every opportunity to prove that he belongs on that line, or else I think that you know holding him out of the tournament is a missed opportunity. I think one of the other reasons why Dubis wanted to hold him out was because uh, the fact that he didn't actually get to participate in last year's training camp either. If you recall, he was a part of the first players who got cut and sent back down to junior, and Kyle Dubis back right before the return to play when they announced that uh, they were going to be bringing him into the bubble, said that it was a mistake that he made and he wished that he had given him a longer look and I can't help but feel that that has that plays some sort of role into this where they really do want to see what he looks like after a full off season in a, a real traditional well I guess it's not that traditional but you know in, in a training camp uh, scenario and they just want to get their own two eyes on him because they weren't able to do it last year yeah and I think that definitely plays a role into it because I mean, I, I, I hate bringing up the, the ghosts of, of Christmas past, uh, but Mike Babcock was the coach at the training camp last year, and he wasn't yeah. loving the young players. He's never been a guy that's really sold on on inviting young players into the lineup on a regular basis outside of maybe that rookie Leafs year where everyone was a rookie, and he didn't really have a choice because that's just how who they had. So um, I don't know if, if he was kind of playing a role in that, but maybe that was one of those things that last offseason or last training camp Dubas kind of gave into Babcock because it did seem like he was trying to work with him and trying to give into certain things. And, and maybe that was just one of those things. And maybe he regrets it in hindsight. Well, for a, a skill and, and as, as good of a player as Robertson is, he was a mid second round pick and you don't really expect a mid second round pick to even make any headlines or news in their draft year, especially, you know, in, in, uh, uh, when it comes to making the, the real club team, but, you know, he did, and he made his way onto the playoff roster, got himself into a couple of playoff games, and hopefully uh, he's able to build off of that and have a pretty good sophomore, or I guess this would technically be his rookie season, now that I think about it, and have himself a, a heck of a rookie season. But uh, speaking of some other young players, uh, we got to get into some of these Maple Leafs players that will be, these prospects that will be represented at the World Juniors. We've got six of them, and we'll go over them in just just a moment, but before we do, I want to tell you guys all about one of today's show sponsors, and that's Built Bar. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. 
These bars are healthy. They're delicious. They're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. And you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano still with you. Joined by the great Tony Ferrari from Dauber Prospects. The main source that I like to go to when I want to talk about prospects, I want to talk about the World Juniors and Lease Prospects. Tony's the guy that I contact. He's the guy that I talk to. And with the World Juniors, just uh, 10 days away now, puck drop, 10 days away, uh, let's get into some of these Lease Prospects that are going to be at the World Juniors. We already know that Nick Robertson won't be there. It's unfortunate. I shed a tear, but we got to get over it. And let's talk about the guys who will be there. So there's three Russian prospects that uh, are represented here for the Toronto Maple Leafs, including first-round prospect Radion Amirov. Uh, What are your thoughts on these guys, and how much of a role are they going to have with Team Russia? Well, I'll start from the bottom and kind of work my way up. And Arthur Oktyamov is going to be kind of playing a backup role. He's not going to really get a chance to get in the net too much with Yaroslav Askarov ahead of him. So it's it's going to be a tournament that if he gets in the lineup, it'll be maybe one game during the round robin against a lower end t- opponent just to kind of give Askarov a break. And I mean, I think we can have high hopes for that game because he's played really well at the junior level every at every t- chance he's gotten. So he's going to be a steady goalie, I think, at this tournament if he gets into the lineup. But I don't really expect to see too much of him, to be completely honest. And as for Mikhail Abramov, he's the next guy, in, and he's going to be the the second-line center, if I'm not mistaken, for the Russian squad, and he's going to be playing pretty prominent minutes, and he's going to be on a line with a few different guys. I think they're going to rotate guys around a lot. He's going to see Artemi Grishchuk and a few different guys, and he might even get some ch- time with Rodion Amirov if they decide to move Rodion Amirov off that top line because they, they really loaded up that top line at this tournament, and I think... That second line with with Mikhail Abramov, he's a very versatile player. He's a speed-driven player, and, and the Russian forward core is just speed-driven in general. They might have the most underrated forward core at the tournament. I don't think they're getting a ton of love, and I think they definitely should be because when you got a guy like Abramov just being able to make plays and, and use his silky smooth skating and, and stuff, and he's going to get lower-end matchups because that top line is going to draw a lot of the high-end attention. So he's going to have a chance to make a big impact. But the guy for the Leafs that's really going to be on display at the World Juniors is going to be Rodion Amirov. Like you said, he's the first-round pick from this past October's draft. It sounds so yeah, weird to say that. I know. But, uh, he's going to be a really, really high-end player. I think we've seen some highlights of some of the skill plays he made this year. And I mean, he's playing against men this year in the KHL. So it's not like he's getting a ton of opportunity to really showcase it on a, on a regular basis. So the highlights are kind of what we've all been tasting and being like, oh, we want to see more. Well, this is our opportunity. We're going to see a ton more of Rodion Amirov. He's going to be playing on the top line with Vancouver prospect Vasily Podkolzin and uh, Minnesota prospect Marakuz Nadinov. And that's just gonna, that might be the best line at the entire tournament. And any team, including the Canadians, that that line could be absolutely dominant. And it could make a line of Kirby Doc and, and Dylan Cousins look silly because the skill, the tenacity, the speed, the oh, that line has everything you'd want in it. It's like they the skill sets of those three players mesh so well together. And it's going to be fun to watch because I think Vasily Podkolzin's got a real shot at being the best forward at the entire tournament. And Rodion Miral is going to be able to ride those coattails. So it's going to be a fun one for the Russians. Yeah, I think outside of Team Canada, I would say that Rodion Amirov is a player who I am 
uh, most looking forward to watching because, like you said, they don't play in the world in in the in you know the OHL or the in the CHL or in college. So I don't get to see them very often, and I don't subscribe to you know any KHL uh, you know television networks to watch them play. So this is time kind of the time to watch these prospects that may factor into the Leafs organization down the road. And a guy like Rodion Amirov, you know, a first rounder, he certainly is going to be somebody who will factor into this team in the next few seasons. And this will be our first chance to really get to see him play. Like you said, prospect or watching highlights is one thing, but actually getting to watch full gameplay is a complete another thing. And it just allows you to really get a full grasp of the type of player that he is. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch Russia. And I think that they got a good shot here too. They got a talented, talented squad and a, a, a tournament like this too goaltending can go really really far and they have possibly the best goaltender uh since Carey price in this tournament backstopping them so russia is going to be a team to fear at the tournament uh finland also with a trio of maple Leafs prospects here roni irvinen miko kokonen and topi Niemela, uh, niemela tell us a little bit about them well, it's going to be a little bit of a quieter tournament for the Finns because they don't have the strongest squad. And, I mean, they're going to be led by Anton Lundell, who's one of my favorite players, and he's going to be the first-line center. I'm going to stop really you, gonna... I'm gonna stop you yeah. right there because I feel like people say that every year, that the Finns, it's, they're going to take a step back. They don't have any superstars. They lost Lion A. They lost Aho. They lost Kako. They, they lost this, lost that. And all of a sudden, we're watching them in the gold medal game. It happens almost every single year. Mikey, you spoiled the surprise because I was just about to say they are going to be my surprise team of the tournament because of the depth they have. And I I actually just recorded a a World Junior preview of my podcast as well. And and that was the team I chose as the surprise team because I think Anton Lindell's really taken a step offensively this year. And we're seeing it on all the highlights and we're seeing it when we watch games in Finland. And and he's just another level player. And he is a man going to be amongst boys at this tournament, truly. So it's going to be really interesting to see him draw all those minutes. And that that's where Ronnie Hervinen comes in. He's going to be their second line center. He's going to be maybe playing sometimes on the wing, but he's got a lot of talent. He's almost Anton Lundell light. He's got the offensive game. He's got the defensive game. He's going to be able to be a, an effective two-way player. He's he's the exact player you think of every year when we watch Finland kind of work their way into the medal rounds because you're like, oh man, who's this guy who's like a, a second round pick and we don't really know him. He's not known for his high-end flash, but look at that. He has three goals and six assists, and he's helping lead the Finns to the medal rounds. And it, that's what Ronnie Hervin is going to do. And I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a high expectation in terms of point totals, because I think the Finns are going to try to win games 2-1, 3-2. They're going to try to keep it low scoring. And, and that's where these next two guys come in, Topi Niemela and Miko Kokonen. I think they're both really steady defensive defensemen. Miko Kokonen in particular is a guy that I, I almost liken to, to a Jake Muzzin in, in terms of stylistic play he's a very defensive oriented player he really likes to close on guys and leads with his stick and and plays a good solid defensive game uh his offensive game is hit and miss like he's got a big shot and he's he can be an asset when he's out there but if he's asked to really drive the play he's not that kind of player so he's a a player that i think can contribute offensively but his real value is going to be defensive in the defensive end and topi nimala might be paired with him at times in this tournament because they've been paired together at camps and stuff like that so He's going to be on the right side, Kokonen on the left, and, and Topi Nimal is a little bit more of the two-way guy. He's got a little bit more of a, a natural skating stride. He's got a little bit more of the wheels under his, uh, under him, and he's got a, a bit more of that offensive uh, ineptitude, or uh, offensive aptitude, sorry. <laughs> and he's kind of understands what he's got to do, and he doesn't try to do too much. And that's what I really like about Topi Nimal's game, because 
He's going to be a steady defensive presence. He's not going to wow you at all in that end. He's just going to make the play. A lot of times you're almost like, oh, okay, he turned the puck over. Like you don't notice the, the small things he does to do, make the good defensive plays. And, and then the offensive zone, it's a lot of the same thing. He, he winds up getting an assist or two assists in the game. And you're like, how? And it's just, he makes the right pass down to the half wall or he, he finds the guy in the slot and it's not a thing flashy, but he makes the right play all the time. So I think this, this finish squad is going to be fun. And, and these three least prospects are all going to play a pretty big role for that team. That's exciting because like I said, Finland always ends up finding themselves in a metal game. And I want to watch as many least prospects as I can and get a good sense of who's going to be part of this team going forward. And I guess that leads me to this next question. Of these six guys who the Leafs are sending, or the least prospects that earned a, a spot on their national teams, of these six guys, how many of them do you see being uh, everyday NHLers for the Leafs at some point in the near future? In the near future... Well, maybe I'll we'll go, say in the next, like, five years. Oh, in the next five years, I could see four of them. I could legitimately see four of them. I think Rodian Amirov is a guy that I think could be in the NHL next year. He's he's really, really high end. And he, he's going to be one of those guys that as contracts start to kind of inflate and we start to get tight up into the cap again. And as things always happen, he's going to be one of those young guys we can slide into the top six or the middle six. And he'll play a really effective role. Um, Ronnie Hervin, and maybe he's a couple a year after that or two years after that. He, he's got a little bit more development to him. He needs to put on some strength and stuff, but he plays a really mature game. So I think he could be an, a solid third line center. I don't think he's really going to be a top six guy at the NHL level, but he plays a smart enough game and a good defensive game so he can play that third line role. And he's got some offensive talent to chip in. He's got a good shot. So it's not like he's completely going to be uh, a, a null and void asset in the offensive zone. And then Nemo and Kokanen, I think both of them have NHL potential. Maybe you get one defenseman out of the two. So let's go with three out of the three out of the six here. But it, it's going to be really interesting to see Topi Nemo, I think, is going to be the guy that I, I really want to see his development. Because like I said earlier, Kokanen kind of reminds me a bit of Jake Muzzin. So maybe he's a couple more years just developing, kind of developing that mature style of game. But Topi Nemo is going to be a guy that I'm interested in to see how long his development takes because he's got a lot of maturity. He's got a lot of smart play he understands how to play hockey that's not an issue it's he needs to get more a little bit more physically mature he needs to continue showing that he can play against men because he's been in and out of the lineup at the legal level this year so it's going to be a work in progress with him but i think out of these six you could probably safely say three at least in conversation with Tony Ferrari of Dauber Prospects, you're listening to the Locked On Lease podcast. Transitioning now to Team Canada. Yes, we are a Leaf-centric show, which means we probably all care about how Team Canada does. I know I certainly do, which means a majority of the audience does as well. So my question to you, Tony, we've now seen the roster. 20 first-round picks on this team Overall, how does this team stack up against the rest of the bunch? Well, I'll say this right away. This forward core is, is disgusting. It, it's got so much talent on it. Like I made a joke the other day with uh, my managing editor, Cam Robinson, that uh, Canada is just going to throw out their fourth line every once in a while of Perfetti, Connor McMichael, and Peyton Krebs. Like, <laughs> that's a ridiculous line. That's a first line on almost any other team in the tournament. So the offensive firepower is not going to be an issue for the Canadian team. Like They've got a ton of talent up there. The, the defense is good, not great. It, they've got some good players. Um, I think guys like Caden Gooley and Braden Schneider, maybe they're going to get relied on a little bit more than than I'd really prefer. But Bowen Byram, Jamie Drysdale, 
Thomas Harley should play a big role at this tournament as well. I think those three guys are going to be enough. And I think Thomas Harley is a guy that's not really getting talked about. So I think he could play a pretty big role. And then, I mean, the, the goaltending is, is typical Canadian goaltending of let's roll the dice and see what happens because Taylor Gauthier is going to be the starter kind of going in. Devin Levi's looks like he's probably the backup and I'd prefer Dylan Grand to play. So it's going to be a bit of a weird net, net uh, kind of presence right now for the Canadians. And it always seems to be a little off and then net for them. They never really have the star there anymore, which is kind of depressing as a Canadian because we've seen Carey Price and all these guys growing up. And now it's been a struggle for Canadians and net. So they've got a really, really good team. I think they should be, up there with the gold medal favorites. I think they probably are the, the gold medal favorites. If you look at things from a betting point of view, and it's, it's going to be a fun tournament for Canadians. And speaking of goaltending, like it certainly is a weak spot on this roster. I would say, and it, it is every year seemingly, like you said, and I guess this is more of an overarching question that I have for you as a, a draft, uh, a scout. Why is there such an issue developing goaltenders here in Canada? I, I couldn't tell you, honestly. It's a weird thing, and, and it tends to go in cycles. We we see Canadian goalies pop up for three, four, five years, and, I mean, we look back and we look at Carter Hart, and he wasn't a guy that we expected to be this this all-star goalie. Like he, Carter Hart never really had the, the Askarov, Spencer Knight, uh, Jesper Wallstep from this year's draft hype that those guys have. So it, it's, it's going to be a little bit weird, but, I mean, Carter Hart's a really elite goalie. Like he's going to be a good goalie in the NHL for a long, long time, and, Maybe we don't develop the guy that's is super good young, but it seems to be we're still developing good Canadian goalies. Braden Holby was never a guy that we looked at and went, oh, this is a star, but he's got a Vesna trophy under his belt. Fifth round so, pick. Yep, exactly. So we, we've got guys that are developing. Maybe they're not as fast and maybe they're not uh, kind of s- cycling into the, the elite of the elite right now. But I mean, guys like we've had a three year run right now with the with Spencer Knight in 2019, Yaroslav Askarov in 2020. And this year we're going to be having Jesper Wallstedt, who will be playing on Team Sweden this year. And he probably will get at least two, three games in the tournament. So, I mean, those three guys are on another level. They're all probably carry price level goaltenders. And I mean, we don't see that often. And so just it just happens to not be from Canada. One one American, a Russian and a Swede. So it's just one of those things that I think maybe three, four, five years from now, maybe we see a couple Canadian goalies become that elite, elite prospect, but we seem to take a little longer to develop. And that's just kind of what has been the last few years. Here's my guess. And this is based on, I watched him like two or three times and he was 14 years old at the Canada games a couple of winters ago. But I think you've seen him now in the QMJHL. Uh, Oh, why can't I remember his first name? Blackburn. Oh, yes, I know who it is. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember the first name either, but I do recognize the name. Yes, I believe he is going to be the next great Canadian goaltender. And I only say that because he was a stud in that tournament that I watched him play in and uh, really kept Team Quebec in it against Shane Wright, who was an absolute beautician. And that leads me to my next question. Shane Wright, just a a young pup, you know, 16 years old. He did not make this Team Canada uh, team. Were you a little bit surprised by that uh, just based on the fact that he's kind of known as the next up-and-coming big star? You know, he did have the exceptional status given to him, and usually they end up making these teams a a year or two earlier than most. But uh, Shane Wright, obviously upset that he was sent home from camp, didn't make the team were you at all surprised by this or does that kind of sound right to you as a fan of Shane Wright it sounds wrong because I really wanted to see it personally 
But when you look at this roster, you look at the names that are on it, and because of the the COVID uh, situation and the NHL being delayed to start the season, we're seeing a lot of guys that would likely be on NHL rosters in this tournament right now for the Canadians. And so, I mean, you just, by process of elimination, you go Kirby Doc, that takes a spot. Dylan Cousins probably had a shot at Buffalo, that takes a spot. Uh, Quinton Byfield would likely be in LA, that takes a spot. Peyton Krebs and Connor McMichael both would have a chance with, with – uh, Vegas and then Washington respectively. And I mean, maybe another guy like Dylan Holloway or Cole Perfetti or, or Dawson Mercer kind of surprised and make their squad as well. Tomasino, another guy that could have been in the NHL. Like these are all legitimate candidates to be on NHL rosters this year. And they're just in the world juniors. They're going to dominate. It's going to be really fun to watch. But because of that, we're just not seeing Shane, Wright Because you look at the roster and you go, maybe you put him in over Suzuki as an extra forward or something, but I don't know. It was one of those things where like you kind of want to let these guys have their experience because maybe they don't get another one. And Shane Wright, he'll he'll be here for a couple more years at least. Yeah, I'm sure he'll one day be able to don the uh, the Maple Leaf on the front of his crest, maybe with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You never know. You never know. Um, so every year there's a guy on Team Canada who kind of comes from out of nowhere and really becomes a household name that people start to really cheer for by the end of the tournament. They end up pushing themselves up further and further into the lineup, or they score a massive goal. You think last year, Akil Thomas, kind of that guy who became a household name at the end of the tournament after scoring the game winner. Who's that guy this year who you think will be able to thrust themselves into the spotlight with a solid tournament when nobody was really talking about him right now? I think it's Peyton Krebs. I think he was a forgotten prospect in the 2019 draft because he hurt his Achilles right before the draft. So there was a lot of teams that soured on him right at the draft, basically on the draft floor. And he fell to 16 or 17 to Vegas. And I mean, he's just a dominant, dominant player. Like he came back from that injury this year in the WHL and put up two points a game. Like it's, he's a ridiculously talented kid. Uh, he plays with a lot of like energy he plays that high tempo high pace game he's constantly going his motor never stops and he's a a true dual threat he's got a really good shot and right now he's been playing on that i say fourth line but it's ridiculous fourth line of of perfetti mcmichael and krebs but he's a guy that with quinn jack quinn up on that first line it kind of looks a little wonky to me so i think krebs is a guy that could probably rise up the lineup and take that spot and be the finisher on that line with those two elite playmakers of dylan cousins and kirby doc so i think peyton krebs could be a guy that not many people are talking about he's a vegas prospect and we all focus on the canadian team prospects and the Leafs prospects in general so we don't hear about this this kid who was drafted 17th overall by vegas a couple years ago who had an achilles tear we, we, we don't hear about the guy that, despite only playing, I think, almost 40 games last year, he, he put up two points a game. Like He was absolutely dominant every time he stepped on the ice last year. He probably could have made last year's World Juniors team if he had a little bit more runway with the injury. So it's it's going to be really fun to watch him go, and I think it's going to be fun to see people go, oh, look at, look at that. Peyton Krebs is still pretty good because falling to 17th when he should have probably been taking 7th, 8th, ninth, it was a bit of a drop for him. William Blackburn of Valdor is the name of the <laughs> goaltender that I was thinking of. By the way, I had to quickly look that up. That was bothering me. Uh, but Peyton Krebs, I agree with you. He's he's a guy who I'm really uh, really looking forward to watching here in this playoffs. And you know me, I'm I'm a hockey card guy. 
I got myself a couple of Peyton Krebs hockey cards, and spoiler alert, he's one of my top five cards to go and pick up before this tournament because uh, I think that he's going to have himself quite a big one, and people are going to want to get a piece of Peyton Krebs. Uh, I'll leave you with this one here. Is there any other team that pose a threat to Canada's plan to repeat as champions for the first time since 2009? Or is this Canada's tournament by far and away? I, I think there's a couple teams that could probably put up a, a pretty good fight. And oh. despite how loaded Canada is, that goaltending really concerns me. And like I said, that defensive back end is is, is good, not great. So they're really going to be relying on on the Leafs model of, of, hey, we have all these elite forwards. Let's go and outscore their problems. And I think a team like the United States or Russia or maybe even Sweden, despite all their kind of guys that had to pull out because of COVID, those three teams are always loaded. The United States particularly this year is the team I'll focus on here, though, because they are absolutely loaded. They can almost match Canada line for line. Their defense is probably better, and they have the difference maker of Spencer Knight on that back end. I think Jake Sanderson's going to have an outstanding tournament. I think he might be the best defenseman at the tournament, despite the fact that he was just drafted like two months ago. He's going to be a stud. I think he's going to really kind of, everyone kind of looks at that uh, United States defense and they go, oh, Cam York's the number one guy. But I think by the end of the tournament, we're going to be going, Jake Sanderson's a high, high end end defensive prospect. So I think the Senator's got a good one there and he's going to show up at this tournament and he's probably going to be the best Senator at this tournament, I think. Um, but they have so many guys up front, uh, Alex Turcott, uh, Cole Caulfield, like the, the absolute unity of that 2019 USNTDP team. Trevor Zegers is going to be there. They've got Brett Berard, who's a guy I really liked in last year's draft, who's going to be this feisty little guy in the fourth line who's just going to be able to always be in the right spot, and that's what he does. And they've got so much talent up front that guys like Thomas Bordalo and John Beecher didn't end up making the team mostly due to COVID protocol. But you, despite the fact that they lost those two guys who were probably going to play big, big roles on this team, you look at their lineup and you go, they still look just as good as Canada offensively. So it's going to be fun to watch. Maybe it, they're the team I probably picked to win the gold medal. If I'm, if I'm having to pick a team. So it's going to be fun to watch this U S team kind of go up against Canada. And maybe we get one of those Epic uh, gold medal games at the end of it. I would love it. There's nothing better than watching Canada versus U.S. gold medal game. Uh, nothing better. And, and, you know, an introduction back to hockey after not being able to, to have the NHL season. It's, it's, it's nice that hockey's coming back and, you know, a nice international tournament to, to kind of kick things off and get everyone back in the hockey mood is going to be really, really fun. And, I'll leave you with this, and I'll kind of open up the floor, I guess, with this question. You've mentioned a lot of names, a lot of guys in this tournament who you think are going to be stars, but is there anyone else you are keeping an eye on? And anybody where there's a game, whether it's with Germany or maybe with Switzerland, where you're you, there's a superstar out there or a player out there that's just so much fun to watch that you haven't said yet, where you're like, i got to make sure that I'm watching this game because of player X. Are there anyone out there that you haven't mentioned yet that fits that description? Well, I'll, I'll name two guys for two kind of different circumstances. First, I'll, I'll name Marco Rossi, the Minnesota Wild draft pick from this past October. Again, weird to say. 
but he's going to be the only real star on Austria. He's going to be the most uh, most gifted player on that team by a country mile. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can maybe just put the team on his back for a night and maybe upset one of the bigger teams in the tournament. And kind of, I just want to see him do it because he hasn't gotten the chance to do, to play at the World Juniors top level because Austria is not really the greatest team. But he's helped him get to this top level and he's going to be playing there. And it's going to be really fun to watch him at least get this this experience because he's going to be in the NHL pretty soon. And I, I don't think he's going to get another a chance to play here and the other guy is is a guy that i'm i don't know if i'm excited to watch but i'm cautious i'm curious to watch and that's tim stutzler the, the senator's prospect playing for germany and that's just because he's coming off a wrist injury and it was a fractured wrist and he's coming back pretty quickly like he hasn't played since october and this was right at the early end of the deadline for when he'd be ready to play so I'm kind of concerned with how much hype's going into the tournament and, and seeing him kind of blow up and really take over and be this star because that injury is going to play a role. And the Germans lost a lot of talent. Moritz Sider is going to be out of the tournament because he's just playing in the SHL right now. He's too good there, too important to the Rogla teams to actually let him leave. So he's playing pro hockey in Sweden. And then Lucas Reichel and Nino Kinder, both two guys that were playing in the top six of that German team that are gone because, because of COVID protocol. So Tim Stutzel's really only going to have JJ Paterka and, and then just a bunch of guys that aren't really going to be able to really factor into the grand scheme of things. So between the disappointment of, of his, his teammates being pulled out and his injury, it's going to be a tough tournament for Tim Stutzel. And I think people are going to be a little sour on him, but just calm down. He's going to be really good. Don't worry. This tournament shouldn't be a big indicator on how good he is because he's going to be really good. So but yeah, be cautious about uh, hoping too much or betting too much on the Germans. You may want to send a note over to our friends at Locked On Senators because they're going to be real upset to hear that one. Ross and Brandon, if you're listening, uh, sorry to tell you, but I guess temper your expectations on your boy Timmy Stutzla, who actually they interviewed last uh, last month, I believe. Yep. So um, if you guys are interested in listening to that interview, go check it out at the Locked On Senators podcast. Uh, it was great, a really good get. Um, you know, Ross and Brandon are fantastic. I know you've done a couple of shows uh, on there as well with them. So go back and listen to uh, all the coverage from Tony in his episodes with the boys over at Locked On Sens. We do hate each other because we are obviously <laughs> rivals with the Sens and the Maple Leafs. I believe, actually, we're doing a cross uh, cross podcast at some point this week uh, with us and the, the Locked On Canadians. But we do, as a Locked On family, uh, promote each other, and that's how we're all going to grow. So go check them out uh, if if you care to. That was a good interview with Tim Stutzla. Uh, and this was a great interview with the great Tony Ferrari. Tony, thanks so much uh, for taking the time to chat today. As always, super, super informative. And, man, enjoy the tournament. Enjoy hockey. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see the hockey back on the ice and see this tournament finally get off. And like I said, once they're in the bubble, everything's going to be okay. And let, yes. like, let's see this tournament go. Indeed. All they got to do is get there. And they're finally there. They're locked and tucked away for a few days. And uh, we should be good to go and be enjoying hockey 10 days from now. 10 days from right now, which is the 15th, we will be able to we'll be watching World Junior Championship Hockey, which kicks off on Christmas Day. Not Boxing Day this year. Christmas 
day. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These podcasts on all podcasts and platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey Score Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And follow Tony at the Tony Ferrari on Twitter. Tony, you got anything coming out uh, on Dauber Prospects you want to plug quickly or anywhere else that you're pumping out content these days? Yeah, well, follow, uh, check out my podcast, Dobbers Draftcast. It's an NHL-centric, NHL, NHL draft-centric podcast. I'm actually doing a game tape series where I'm going over game tape with the, some of the draft prospects. I, I recently had Carson Lambos and Jeremy Wilmer on, and we just broke down some game tape together on YouTube, and the videos are posted there with all the game tape, so you'll be able to see it as they're talking about the tape. And it's a really fun series I'm doing. But uh, And then next week on uh, Dobber Prospects, it's going to be World Juniors every day, all day, team previews, sleepers, uh, hot takes, everything in, in, right up to our picks on the Friday day of the tournament going on. So we're all going to have our picks posted that day. And it's going to be a fun week that Dover Prospects. Awesome. So guys, go check out all that amazing content. That's going to do it for us here today. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.